Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to the Red Sox Precap Podcast, the podcast from the Over the Monster Podcast Network, where we recap the series that just ended, preview the series that's about to start for the Boston Red Sox. I'm your host, Keaton DeRocher, joined as always by Bailey Von Schneider. Bailey, hope you had a good 4th of July weekend and ready to get into the, some some Rays action. Here. Yeah, yeah, the 4th was good. I uh, wish this series was better. I hope you had a good one as well. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Nice and relaxing. Uh, and then, you know... Stressful baseball, so oh, God, tell me about <laughs> it all it. evens out. Yep, yep. <laughs> Let's dive on into the series against the Rays. Uh, first pitching matchup was the battle of the bullpen days. We had Austin Davis versus old friend Jalen Beeks. Red Sox got the win four to nothing. Uh, Davis went two innings, zero runs, zero uh, earns, no hits, one walk, two strikeouts. Uh, but then the more important. Carter Crawford followed with five and a third innings pitched, only allowed two hits, and struck out eight. Man, did he look good. Uh, and then Schreiber was able to finish off the last inning in two-thirds there to, to seal the win. We had two hits from Devers, two hits from Story, two hits from Arroyo. Story had a dinger um, yanking a pitch off the plate over the monster. That was that took some talent. That, mm-hmm. was, that was fun to see. Um, normally, I would say thoughts on the starter. But since um, Davis only went two innings, and I think Crawford was more impressive, uh, what are, what were just your thoughts on the pitching? <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that Crawford looked insanely good against like a pretty decent lineup in the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, they have some lulls, but there's some there's some guys with some bop in there. For so for him to come out and get eight Ks, you know, really save the bullpen and pitching a, a chunk of that game. It's kind of funny that it's like they went with the opener, but it's like why didn't Crawford just start the game? 
like, kind of at the same time. I'm like, he could have probably started it, but, I mean, he did, like, five and a third, so that was a pretty damn good start, and then Schreiber did what Schreiber does and dominated, so it was an impressive first game that I was hopeful was going to carry into the rest of this series, but, yeah, how did you feel? Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with Crawford, especially um, just coming in, uh, obviously not starting the game, but coming in in that bullpen role. And it was really interesting because it was uh, the Tampa um, basically pitching structure kind of mirrored exactly what the Red Sox did. They had Beeks mm-hmm. for two, Fleming for five, and then Foucher uh, for the last inning. Um, so it was kind of interesting how they just basically mirrored each other and then yeah, as you pointed out, like, kind of weird how they didn't just have the guys that went five plus just start. Yeah. But, you know, it's all about that opener-ish now, so there you go. Um, but, of course, what led to that is uh, Red Sox starting pitching is in a bit of a bind right now. Yes. Um, Waka was supposed to start, but he had dead arm, so he got pushed. Um, now it's looking like he'll start Friday. Um but that's still, I guess, tentative. We'll see if he he had dead arm, so he got his start pushed back. So then they got pushed into uh, a bullpen role today. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about Brian Bayo and why he's here uh, a little bit later. But with all of what is going on here with uh, with the rotation, how should the the starting pitching? How should they handle it? Or do we need to get used to these bullpen days? Or do you think this is going to be a short lived thing until Sale comes back? Or how do you think they're going to handle this? Yeah, I mean, it looks like Sales' start today wasn't the greatest. He had five walks. Um, but he did come out and say that, you know, he's still working through things and that he feels great and he doesn't think that it's going to be a big deal, that it was just a little bit of a hiccup. And knowing Chris Sale, it probably was just that. So it's like you're going to have him back. You're going to have, hopefully, if Walker's dead arm truly isn't anything big you're gonna have that i'm not sure what the timetable on evaldi is i feel like he's been out for a thousand years it feels like at this yeah. point so and i feel like we haven't heard anything so it's like a part of me forgets about him at, from time to time and uh this is unfortunate because he's coming off two seasons where he was incredibly healthy and then this is the season going into free agency so this is not boding well for him especially being old getting older and being injury prone uh, so, and then, uh, it's supposed to be about August for Paxton. So it's going to be interesting because it's like, it is funny that, you know, we were talking before we started recording about how, like, you have people on Twitter that are just freaking out. But when in reality right now, as bad as this bullpen is, and it's pretty damn bad. And as <laughs> ebby and flowy as the, you know, the, the offense has been, and now the, now the, you know, starting rotation is starting to fall apart they're still holding the first wild card spot and if the yankees weren't for somehow i don't know gods which makes absolutely no sense (laughs) truthfully you're like how is montgomery this good how is tyon like it's just like so many things how's the guy with the weird mustache as good as he is i forget his name Cortez. Cortez. (laughs) yeah like how how it just really doesn't compute or make sense to me so i'm still waiting for that explosion to happen but at this rate you know just get the parade ready in manhattan because they're probably winning the the whole darn thing and it's gonna make me angry um but like the red sox have been holding water really well and not even just really holding water like they're in the wild card first wild card position and they are getting people back so i think that 
they will be okay, but you're right. It's going to be interesting to see who they put in the rotation, especially with, like, Whitlock confirmed going back into the bullpen. But the bullpen is such an issue right now that I think you do, at least for 2022, you need Whitlock in that bullpen. And then he'll have the whole offseason to get ready to be a starter in 2023. Yeah, you bring up a good point about kind of, like, the sky is falling. Like, if we go back to the beginning of the season, right, Mm -hmm. most people thought Toronto was going to run away with it. Yeah. And then the Red Sox would be right exactly where they are right now yeah absolutely and now here they are they're exactly where they are right now and everyone's like oh my god what a disaster it's just because the yankees are so good right now that's literally the only reason why yeah Um, yeah it is yeah all right moving on to to game two yeah so uh game two uh nick pavetta didn't did not pitch well um given how well he has been pitching uh one of the worst starts of the season for him five and two thirds eight hits seven earned runs two walks on four Ks. And then we had Diekman, Robles, and Danish come in, um, you know, with Robles allowing a run and then getting DFA'd to, you know, then make run uh, room for uh, Brian Bayo. So we'll see what happens if he gets claimed or if they can just put him down into AAA. I would love if he didn't get claimed and they try to really work on some things down with him in the minors just because he was really dominant for them at the end of 2021. Like, they don't go as deep as they do in that playoff run if it wasn't for the great September he had and a pretty good October for them. So I really hope they can figure something out. Um, but the offense had a little, you know, it was pretty good. They had three hits uh, for J.D., two for Duran, two for Ref Schneider. Uh, we had Bogarts and Story hit some dingers. Um, but I'm just wondering, what were your overall thoughts on Pavetta's start? Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? Mm. Like, there's been a couple starts recently where we've been like, wow, he didn't really have his, his best, best stuff, but he was mm-hmm. really able to to work through it. Like, the Oakland game a few starts ago, he only had three strikeouts, but he went eight innings and only allowed three hits and, and like, still cruised. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has just kind of seemed like it caught up to him, but yeah, he it, it didn't seem – it just it kind of it made me worry just because it was like Hill went down, Waka got pushed – Pavetta's struggling, and yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, God, the sky's falling on the starting pitching now. This is horrendous. But I think it really is just kind of a, a blip against a really good team. Yeah, um, I do too. And I, I'm not super concerned. Uh, you know, eight hits is a lot of hits. Yeah. Um, it's – he had a start against Cleveland, um, again, where he, he went seven innings, gave up two runs, gave up nine hits, didn't have his best stuff, only four strikeouts, but was able to power through that. Uh, and then before that, he hadn't given up that many hits in a game all season. So it was mm-hmm. like he just got hit around by a really good offense and, um, you know, just wasn't quite as sharp. But I think he's going to bounce back and be just fine. It was just, you know, it just – it seems worse than it does because it came around everything else that was happening with the starting pitching. And this is like this is going to be a really tough stretch. But I, I have all the confidence in the world that his next start against the Yankees, he's going to be – you know, looking just like himself again and, you know, strike out nine, walk one, get through like seven or eight innings. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm hoping for that at least. And then, of course, I did. We did speak a little bit on it about Cora coming out and saying that Whitlock is going to be used in the bullpen, but it's going to be a weird way. The plan is for him to, you know, do multiple innings, you know, or three at a time, and then take, you know, two to three days off depending on how much he's pitched. So I, I think the the question is, it's like I feel like they're yo-yoing him. So like, do you do you find that this is the right way to use him? Or should he be more of those high leverage situations as we go forward? Because it's like I'm, it's tough for me because it's like it feels like they're trying to stretch him out because they still want him to be a starter, which I agree with. But at the same time, it's like maybe just be like, this is what you're doing. You're gonna be a big piece of our bullpen this for the rest of the season to hope to get us into the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs. I think that's more beneficial to him than like, oh, we're just going to like use you for three innings and then you're going to have a couple of days off. It's like, I think he's more of a value when you utilize him properly. Yeah. I hate this. I hate yeah. this a lot. Yeah. Like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <our> last episode, <laughs> we talked about how great a, how Whitlock Schreiber back three. Yep like really transforms this bullpen and locks down these tight games, which you're going to need in this run here against the AL East. And this just blows that completely up. Yep. If he pitches in th- for three innings and then he's unavailable for the next three games, that's an entire series. You're taking him off of your roster, essentially. Like what, what are we doing that? I don't understand this at all. Like, the, the the reason why we were so excited about this happening was he can do the most help for this season right now being used in a high leverage situation like getting saves or you know being an eighth inning guy if that's where the, the meat of the order is to get mm-hmm. the driver for a save but like locking down the high leverage like need to get a win go to him to get those outs because he's going to walk it down and he's going to get them that's yeah. where he can do the most help right now to this team in 2022. I agree. Long-term and beyond, it makes all the sense in the world to transition him back to a starter. This doesn't make any freaking sense at all, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I agree. 100%. It doesn't. Because like you said, you need to transform this bullpen, and something as simple as that could really transform this bullpen to going from like, oh my god, this bullpen is terrible, to like, oh, this could be an elite bullpen, but they're clearly not thinking that way, and I have no idea why. No. It also is interesting, too, because you mentioned the, the Robles and, and hopefully maybe something being able to figure mm-hmm. out. Like, he, he's been, he has been really bad lately in the high leverage situations. But mm-hmm. at the beginning of the first month of the season, he was, like, the best arm in the bullpen. Yeah. And went on a stretch where he wasn't giving up, like, any runs. And he was the closer for his team for the first, like, 30 days or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, something has changed. Uh, and hopefully, you know, if he clears waivers and can go back down to to Worcester, maybe he can figure some of that stuff out. But it's just it's just kind of weird how that transition has happened. And um, he had been a guy that Cora had been using a lot in high leverage situations, and now he's not there, and you're not mm-hmm. replacing him with Whitlock. So I am curious, what is the plan? Because it can't always be Schreiber for two innings or an inning in the third, because that's not sustainable. Yeah, so I don't yeah. know what they're gonna do. Yeah, are we are we getting help from some guys down in Worcester because they've been performing relatively well down there, or are we looking towards you know a trade? Are we trying to get someone new in here? It, I don't know. It's like, granted, Robles hasn't been the best, but you haven't you haven't replaced him, you know, and somebody needs yeah. to replace him. Yep, agree, hundred percent. 
All right, then to the, the star of the show, Brian Bayo making his big league debut in Game 3. Red Sox took the loss 7-1. to one. Bayo went four innings, uh, gave up six hits, four earned runs, uh, had three walks and two strikeouts. That was He was followed by Diekman, Sayamura, Davis, and Danish. Uh, Sayamura allowed two runs, Danish allowed one. Um, the offense uh, didn't have much going at all today. Scattered six hits. Um, and no one had a multi-hit day. Unfortunately, Verdugo's 17-game hit streak came to an end, Ugh. which was quite a bummer. But uh, not all bad. Um, Bayo looks like he has pretty good stuff. What were your mm-hmm. thoughts on his start? Yeah, I thought he – I mean, of course, you know, the Twitterverse will tell you, he's so bad, why is he up here, <laughs> blah, 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 when this is the first start of his major league career. And he started the season in A-ball. He's 23 years old. I mean, in double-A. He's 23 years old. Like, he was – I'm pretty sure in 2021, he was in A-ball. So he's made the jump from, like, A-ball to then he went – started in Portland this season, then made it to – made it up to Worcester, and now he's in the majors. And, like, that's a big jump. His stuff was definitely good. He was in the zone a little too much, but, like, there could be a lot of nerves with that or just figuring out i could pitch in the zone in triple a you can't really pitch as much in the zone in the majors like things like that it is a learning curve but i think his stuff is great he has a mentality to go out there and really want to be the best he can be so people like that i believe adjust to make themselves better so i think that the future could be very bright for him and i'm excited about that yeah and the wheels kind of came off a bit in the third inning that was when he allowed three runs but he Mm -hmm. was one pitch away from getting out of it. Yep. He had two outs and two strikes on Choi. Um, threw a pitch off the plate that had Choi fooled. He reached and barely made contact with it, but just the contact that he made put the ball where uh, no one was, uh, and then it just kind of slowly died in the outfield and allowed um, you know the inning to extend. Um, and that kind of looked like it deflated him a bit because he was very close to getting out of the inning. Uh, and then a couple more hits after that, three-run score, uh, finally able to, to get out of the inning. But he nearly got out of that with only allowing one run. And while maybe that's, uh, like, I don't know, pie-in-the-sky mm. thinking, um, he really was that close to having a, you know, a completely different line. And oh, yeah, absolutely. All the stuff looked really good. And then he for him to come back after that, pitch another inning in the fourth, uh, to follow that up with a nice clean inning to finish off his outing. And that was great for him to bounce back. So mm-hmm. um, that leads into, um, you know, we touched on what's going on with the, the rotation right now. Hill could be out at least a month. As you mentioned, we don't we haven't had an update on Evaldi in a while. We're not exactly mm-hmm. sure what's going on there. But Sale should be coming back in a week. Uh, we had a bullpen day. Um, should Bayo uh, – Still have a slot here in the rotation. Um, I'm assuming game's been over for about an hour, but I haven't seen anything on Twitter that mm-hmm. he's been immediately sent back down. So I'm mean, fingers across. I would like to see him stay, uh, but I was curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I agree too. I don't think there's any reason why not to. I I hate a bullpen game. I I, I don't <laughs> like them. Uh, even though the bullpen game is the one that we won, but like again, the bulk of that was pitched by Cutter Crawford, so you can't even really say it's like oh we did a full bullpen game. Or I don't even really like the 
the concept of the opener. I don't. I like a, I like a starter. I like to find roles. Um, so I would like to definitely see him up here. And it, it's encouraging that, like, even if we have people going down, that, like, even if we lost today, we have people coming in. Like, Cutter Crawford has been pretty consistent for us. Uh, Winkowski has been great. We have Bayo. We even have Siebel. Like, there's there's depth here that we've just never had in quite yeah. some time. So I love that, that even though there is a struggle with guys going down, there are people to fill in and, like, decent people. It's not just like, oh, this guy is so bad. Like, the Red Sox have no, like, pitching. Like, like Winkowski has pitched really well. Crawford pitched great in that first game. And there is encouraging things with Bayo. So it's like, I'm excited and I would love to see these guys get these chances while, you know, these other people are out there in limbo and we don't really know what's going on with them. Yeah. Uh, who's your pick for MVP? Yeah, I went with Crawford. You know, I just felt like the, the offense, sure, there were some, there were some good offense but I mean I was just really impressed with what he did coming in and pretty much shutting down a, a pretty a pretty darn good team I mean like Tampa Bay Rays since like about 2008 have been a really good team so uh I was just really impressed with what he did yeah he was uh I nearly picked him he was my second choice but uh story had hits in all three games mm-hmm. two dingers so I went with story but Crawford was a very close second there mm-hmm. all right that's gonna do it for the Rays series Red Sox get one win in that series and now welcome the yankees to town for a four-game series we'll take a quick break and then uh preview that series all right you are up to the minute standings in the american league east the yankees 59 and 23 in first place uh that would be 14 games now ahead of the red sox um 47 and 36 no, that's not right, is it? No, forty. Uh, I got that backwards. 40, 45 <laughs> and, and 37. 37 yeah. yeah. Uh, in second place, Rays also at uh, 45 and 37, 14 games back. The Blue Jays at 45 and 38, also 14 games back, uh, but percentage points back there in the, uh, the win column. Uh, and then the Orioles, 20 games back, 39 and 44. All right, pitching matchups here for this series. We've got Winkowski versus Cole in game one. Uh, Waka, as long as his arm is not dead, versus <laughs> Cortez in game two. Uh, currently TBD, but probably Seabold game three versus Montgomery, and then Pavetta versus Tyone in game four. Big old series. What do you think of those matchups? Uh, you know, I look at it and nothing about that really scares me. Like even like that's what the Yankees and why I'm still like, how are they this good? Garrett Cole, sure, he's worth $36 million, but like he's never frightened me. We've handled him before. I don't understand how Nesta Cortez is like a thing. Jordan Montgomery, you should be able to light him up. And like Jamison Tyon is, sure, he's he's good, but it's like everybody's just been playing out of their minds. And I'm hoping this is a series where the Red Sox can just be like, you know what? They're not that good. Let's mash. I'm really hoping. Yeah. Uh, the good news is Cole has been really bad against the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, Cortez is a bit of a mystery. No uh, sense. No sense. Yeah. Montgomery also been bad against the Red Sox. And Tyone, um, I don't think he's really pitched against the Red Sox because he's had like two Tommy Johns. So I don't, I don't yeah. really know what to expect. But he's not having a bad season, although he did just get rocked by the Pirates. So... Because he went home and he was probably maybe a little nervous because he used to be a pirate. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I feel like if Waka is healthy, like Waka and Pavetta, those are going to be really strong starts. Wojkowski's been cruising right now. Um, Seabold slash Mm. bullpen, whatever is going to end up happening in that game, that kind of feels like a toss-up. But, yeah, Yeah. basically, like you said, I think – like, I don't feel awful about these matchups. I don't. I really don't. As good as they are with them being 59-23, and these four games don't scare me. I mean, the Red Sox could easily get swept because I thought the Cubs weren't going to scare me. So, I don't know. Baseball's a crapshoot from time to time. It sure is. Yeah. Basically, it's going to come down to the offense and, you know, that's wild. Just what (laughs) – the Yankees offense is doing right now. Yeah, man. Lineup that they're rolling out there. We got DJ LeMahieu leading off. Aaron Judge, uh, probably your leader for MVP right now. Ugh. Uh, batting second. Rizzo batting third. Stanton batting fourth. Gleyber Torres fifth. Josh Donaldson sixth. Joey Gallo, who somehow has not been DFA'd yet, seventh. <laughs> um, Jose Trevino batting eighth. And Isaiah Kiner-Falefa batting ninth. Um I mean, you get to the bottom three, and there's really not much there, but that top there six really is isn't. rather powerful. Yeah, and and it's really all, mostly built around Judge as well, too. Yep. So I, I think like without Aaron Judge, uh, they definitely don't even scare me. And I think when he's probably long gone next year, and he's making the Bay Area home again, praying um that you know what what are the yankees so they really gotta go they gotta they have to win this year because i don't think they're keeping air church yeah yeah the season that rizzo is having is like he turned back the clock like six seven years makes absolutely no sense i know that short porch is helping incredibly because yeah. he's got a lot of like if you look at some of his stats a lot of those expected home runs would never have occurred anywhere else but yeah he's playing like he's a 25 year old and it makes absolutely no sense so that's why i said a lot of these guys are just playing completely over their head and out of their minds and like it's yeah. helped them just be this good and this consistent for that first half that's just like insane so even if they have a terrible second half like they're set up great pretty much going even into the playoffs just with how out of their minds they've been playing this this first half. It's just crazy. Yep. Sure is. A lot of power there. A ton of power there. Yes. Um, Stanton had been really killing it. He's kind of cooled off as of late, though, as well. So it's, I don't know, maybe the rest of the lineup will kind of catch that as well. That would be great. Be <laughs> Hopefully, great. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so then who is your uh, – What's your prediction for the series and yeah. uh, MVP? I'm going to go crazy. I think the Red Sox are going to take three of these games. I think they're going to like prove to all the haters on Twitter that like they're a damn good team. I think the only one that is going to be a little dicey will be that third game just because we don't really know who's pitching. Uh, I'm not completely sold on Seabold being that good or just not being able to handle what this lineup is. You know, At least, the, like you said, the top yeah. six of that lineup. That could be the tricky one. Um, but I'm thinking I'm going with for my MVP of it. I'm going to go with Pavetta because I think you know b- the good pitchers have bad starts and then follow it up with an incredible start. And I'm thinking I like that. I like Pavetta versus Tyon, and I, I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a really good start from him. I like it. Uh, I went a split two two. Endeavors is my MVP. I know he's had the uh, past couple days off, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping he returns healthy because he absolutely eats Garrett Cole's lunch every time he plays him. So uh, looking forward to him having a killer game one and then just carrying that going forward. So hopefully yeah. he'll be back in the lineup. If he is, I think he's going to have himself a nice little series. I agree. I like it. Great. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, this has been the Reds, uh, 
Red Sox Precap mm-hmm. on the Over the Monster Podcast Network. Uh, hopefully you pay attention to all the other awesome podcasts we have here. Keep yourself tuned into this feed. Uh, check out the Red Sea Podcast that Jake and I do, the uh, Red Sox Prospect Podcast that Bob Osgood does, and all the awesome stuff that we keep dropping here on this feed. Uh, you can check us both out at Over the Monster and on Twitter. You can check me out at Spoken Keats. Bailey, what you got? Yeah, no, just follow me over at Fraulein89. I'm always tweeting about baseball, so come say hi. Fantastic. We'll be with you later in the week to recap this series and preview another one with the Rays. Bye.